Okay, today is November 1st, 2020. We are gonna be reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are starting the chapter, We Agnostics. So we're gonna be reading from the beginning of the chapter on page 44. We're gonna be reading through page 47 up to and including that last paragraph. That was great news for us. Um, today's reader is gonna be Amy B. And today's speaker for approximately 20 minutes is gonna be Jane G. So Amy, if you could read for us, please. And Amy, we can't hear you. I don't know if you're trying to unmute. Thank you. Chapter four, we agnostics. In the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If, when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. To one who feels he is atheist or agnostic, such an experience seems impossible, but to continue as he is means disaster, especially if he is an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. To be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. But it isn't so difficult. About half our original fellowship were of exactly that type. At first, some of us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope we were not true alcoholics. But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. Perhaps it is going to be that way with you, but cheer up, something like half of us thought we were atheists or agnostics. Our experience shows that you need not be disconcerted. If a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism, many of us would have recovered long ago. But we found that such codes and philosophies did not save us, no matter how much we tried. We could wish to be moral. We could wish to be philosophically comforted. In fact, we could will these things with all our might, but the needed power wasn't there. Our human resources as marshaled by the will were not sufficient. They failed utterly. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live and it had to be a power greater than ourselves obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. Here difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. But his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God, for we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. 
Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. We looked upon this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems, and inexplicable calamity with deep skepticism. We looked askance at many individuals who claimed to be godly. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet in other moments, we found ourselves thinking when enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results. Even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and effect a contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. When therefore we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies too to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. At the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. Afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. That was growth. But if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception, however limited it was. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe, or am I even willing to believe, that there is a power greater than myself? As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. That was great news to us, for we had assumed we could not make use of spiritual principles unless we accepted many things on faith which seemed difficult to believe. When people presented us with spiritual approaches, how frequently did we all say, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work if I could only believe as he believes, but I cannot accept as surely true the many articles of faith which are so plain to him. So it was comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. Thank you for letting me do service.
Thank you so much, Amy. And next we're gonna have Jane G uh, uh, share for approximately 20 minutes. Thank you, Jane. And Jane, you need to unmute. Hi, good morning, everybody. My name is Jane G. And uh, Amy, that was a beautiful read. You should definitely do books online, books on uh, whatever you call that thing. Okay. Um, my name, I have some things written down and then I'll some ad lib a little bit. Hi, my name is Jane. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. I'm 79 years old. I've been coming to OA since 1975 and abstinence since 1990. All my meals are weighed and measured wherever I am, Africa, Russia, Australia, Cambodia, China. Uh, and I was in China um, right before the virus broke out. And I should have known when they took my temperature when I got off the ship, there was something going on. They actually, um, I have done service beginning at the local level and ending up at world service. My higher power and my abstinence are number one in my life. I equate it to the old fashioned scales at the general stores in the cowboy movies. They were the abstinence on one side and higher power on the other. Pages 44 to 47, we agnostics, one who doubts the existence of God. And then there is atheism, someone who believes there is no God. There must be a reason I was asked to share on this topic, probably anxiety, fear, and loss of sleep. From the Brown book yesterday, I read, I learned that God puts me in places where he wants my unique touch. He does not want me to perform the test perfectly. Rather, he wants my contribution to affect the situation in my own special way. And that's one of my things. When I got a call to share on these pages, of course I said, sure, no problem. I've never turned down service in the last 40 years, 35 years, why would I do this? Little did I know that it was the pages that I've skimmed through many, many times, thinking that I have nothing to, to share about with an ag agnostic or being an atheist. God, um, I believe in God higher, wait a minute. I believe that God put me through, prayed that my eating was, my out, my eating was outrageous. And then only God could have relieved me from this disease. I believe in 1990, when I was on a plane, I had a spiritual experience and my higher power did for me what I could not do for myself. It was a God of my understanding relieved me from this affliction, but how does Bill explain to the atheists or the agnostics? To continue these thoughts would be disastrous. In the big book, about half of the original fellowship were non-believers. There were their will and was not sufficient and fair, fair, failed utterly. No human power could give me the abstinence life that I have today. I tried all the different diets, whatever I could join. Money was not a problem. So if it just came up and, and I thought it would be a cure, I would join in. I did not know this was a disease and that only a spiritual experience, God of my understanding, had a solution for me. So, um, Today I know that um, number one, my father was an uh, alcoholic. So I believe that I have his gene and I'm very grateful that I do. It's just, a, just amazing that I don't think I would have this life. I know that I'm a food addict. I know my food was under control. I would get up in the middle of the night looking for food. I knew that 
that there was no other way out for me as to find something power greater than myself. I had no problem. I used to pray, dear God, please relieve me of this. But God was just a, a word for me at that time. It really didn't really mean anything. And now around 10 or 15 years ago, I gave up my control issues and brought God into my life 24 seven and have been relieved of uh, the obsession of food. It's difficult for me to think about an atheist or agnostic. Um, I did have a relationship with a sponsee at one time and she came to me and she did not believe in a higher power. And I tried, I read the big book to her. I, maybe I did read this chapter to her, I don't remember, but it was just something we, uh, did, we agreed to disagree upon. And I said to her, you're a wonderful gardener. Be, let, the gardener let the garden be your higher power. No. So thank God she uh, let me go and she fired me. It was like one of the best days of my life because I just couldn't seem to uh, function, get anything with, do that with her. Um, as a child, these people in, who were agnostics, they, some of them were brought up that they did not believe in God or, or they were so hammered with God, I think as, a, as young people that they, that's why they gave up believing in God. They, they couldn't stand the, uh, the problems of being up brought up that way. Uh, I have underlined, as soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creator intelligent, a spirit of the universe underlying the total things, we began to be possessed by a new sense of power and direction, provided we took the simple steps. And this is what, um, it just, it's just amazing that once they, we found that God does not make, like she said, too hard terms for those who seek him. And God's arms are open for people who were, um, who had these, the atheists or the agnostic, and they just had to, um, I feel it's really a very difficult situation. And um, for, the, for the, um, the walls to come down, to let them open up their spirit, let them open up and join in. And they, want, they wanted what Bill had that people want what I have or someone who's absent. And if they're not believers, it's just find it. It's very difficult. I had one friend who her higher power was name was George. And we used to go to conventions together and we roomed together. And she would say, good night, George. And good morning, George, and whatever, George. I mean, in a begin this was many years ago. I thought she was crazy, to be honest with you. But now I know that all we need is a spirit greater than ourselves. It doesn't have to be a great creator. That George was her great creator and she was absent. And that's all that needed. It said, we needed to ask ourselves a short question. Do I now believe or am I willing to believe that there was a power greater than myself? And I know that for myself, and that's all I can speak for, I know that there is a power greater than myself taking care of me every day. Um, there's many ways I have changed my disposition. And I know I've prayed to God for certain situations. Sometimes it happens, sometimes just not in the cards. But I know with this program, with my food and my absence and my personality, which can be abusive sometimes, um, that God has given me a new way of life. And as far as someone not believing, as I said, I've read this in the last two weeks. I must, my, my big books are like bent over. I'm trying to find that golden touch that 
that this was difficult for me. The reader may still ask why should he believe in a power greater than himself? We think there are good reasons. Let us have a look at some of them. And when I thought, I mean, why shouldn't I believe in a power greater than myself? I'm abstinent. I'm not a perjurer anymore. I don't steal food anymore. I don't steal money from places. When I was a little kid, I would steal money from my parents and go and uh, take my little red wagon to the store actually and uh, make purchases. Um, I don't go, when I was little, I went to my neighbor's house to steal food from their refrigerator. And uh, of course there was no God in my life. There was nothing, I was just a youngster then. But why should I believe in now? And why should the atheist be turned around? All of a sudden there's, there's maybe a sun, a creator, a life intelligence for them that they can see a sparkle in their eyes, something different. Their family could see them different. Um, if it's a father or a mother, a sister, a brother, they see all of a sudden there is a change in that person and that change could be the spirit greater than themselves to be a great creator. And uh, instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God ever advancing, creation, we agnostics and atheists chose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word. Well, obviously that didn't work for the human intelligence. It could have been their last word, but they keep, they, I presume that they kept coming back because if they didn't keep coming back, they, half of these people would not be believers in which I'm sure they are now. But uh, that's, that's, I went up to page 49, I'm sorry, it's folded there. But so life is very good for me. And as I said, this was a difficult passage for me to comprehend, to go through because I, um, I don't really know anybody except that one person who was not a believer. And even my children now, uh, who are all adults, your, your age, most of these people in this meeting age, uh, I would say to them, have a God-filled day. And now when they text me back, they say, mom, have a God-filled day. They'll call me years and years and years ago, my one daughter called me and said, mom, please pray to your higher power that it doesn't rain on Sam's, on Sam's party, birthday party. But my God has got into the family and it's just, um, it's nothing, the osmosis of my spirit has become, has gotten to my three children, which is uh, amazing. It's like a, a miracle. We really didn't have really much religion in our house. I'm a spiritual person, but not much religion. And so all I can say is um, I have one little, little passage where God has given me the change in my life. One minute, please. I have to write things down. I know today my creator is with me 24 seven. I have learned to pause instead of speaking out unnecessarily. I have learned to listen instead of interrupting. I now know I want to be happy, not always right. I appreciate the small things in life. One of the funny things is I don't have to send my salad back if there's a piece of brown lettuce on it, which I did for many years. And recently a big one is if I'm at a restaurant and my coffee's not hot enough, I say, dear God, I swear to God, I pray over my cup of coffee. I'm not done. Dear God, please let me accept that I can enjoy this coffee, whether it's hot or warm, and don't have to drive the waitress nuts. These are some of my examples that I have a higher power, but I did not try to work with an atheist, um, but, I, if I, but I did try and work with an atheist in program and could not make a believer out of her. So I have changed with um, 
my program. God has given me the life that I have today. I don't know if I could fill up the 20 minutes, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of sharing. It's amazing. I see 126 people in this um, this this wonderful meeting. It's just a, it's a grand. You have to get Venmo so I can send you some money. <laughs> um, but I'm just grateful today that you know, God has given me the life I have today. I have the opportunity to share, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of sharing after this. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Jane. Um, so we can stop the recording.